listening to the Mouthful of Graffiti podcast, affectionately known as The Mog, an open forum and promotional outlet for budding artists and creatives from all across the Mid-Atlantic region. I'm your host, Brad Cox, not necessarily affectionately known as anything other than Brad Cox, but I'm here all the same. Let's see who and what we're chewing on today on The Mog. Friends, East Coastians, and country men and women of all ages, welcome to the Mog. As always, links for our guests will be made available in the description, and a song or some type of promotional feature will be tacked on to the end of each episode. We'd like to thank all of our sponsors, Vagabond Sandwich Company, Capricos Books, Musicland, Black Eyed Susie's, Double Groove Brewing, Baltimore Decal Gal, and Rev Records. Remember to love local, support local, and to eat and drink local. Don't forget to use discount code MOGPOD for a 10% discount at Capricos Books. Everyone knows you can't stop by Main Street Bel Air without grabbing one of Black Eyed Susie's legendary orange crushes and a killer lunch or dinner. Black Eyed Susie's has been supporting local for a long time. It's your one-stop spot for original and cover entertainment and an afternoon or evening out with friends on their rooftop deck. If you haven't heard, there's something very special about Double Groove Brewing. It's a melting pot of personalities, ages, loves, interests, and musical tastes. There are hippies, professionals, rockers, folk artists, friends, and families here. Throw in the most delicious and satisfying craft beer on the planet, and this place is complete magic. They are tireless supporters of the local talent. Stop by their location in Forest Hill for a pint and a night out with friends. Transcendent Events is returning to the APG FCU Arena on November 20th with Harford County's Comic-Con, StellarCon. For tickets, go to APGFCUArena.com. Harford Dance Theater will be bringing the annual The Nutcracker to the Amos Center on December 3rd, 4th, and 5th. For information and tickets, just go to tickets.harford.edu. Also coming to the Amos Center, the Hip Play Ballerinas are on their way with their unique fusion of hip-hop and ballet on January 29th at 7 p.m. Again, it's tickets.harford.edu. And Winter Wonderland is coming to the downtown Bel Air area on November 27th. Horse-drawn carriage rides will be available each Saturday, November 27th through December 18th. Enjoy shopping in the downtown area or grab dinner with your family while you wait. For information, visit BelairArtsAndEntertainment.org. For other upcoming events, go to VisitHarford.com or the Harford County Cultural Arts Board website. All right, I'm at the 7th or 8th annual Artists and Authors event at the Bel Air Armory, and I'm standing here with Steve Landry, and he's got a book here on the table called Old Farts from Space. Tell me about this book. Where did this title come from? Well, Old Farts in Space actually started out a long time ago as a script for a failed TV series that I was trying to put together, and we actually used it as a writing prompt for a group um, we were talking about co-authoring because my, my other book, The Maids of Chateau Vernay, was co-authored with Katie Ray Sank. And people asked about what was the co-authoring process about. So I pulled this thing out of the, out of the archives 
gave it to the group and asked everybody to write a short story. And once we'd put together about five or six stories as part of that, it evolved into a book of 25 or so short stories. And the, the whole premise of the book is, is that they're a, a group of 70-year-olds on a ship. Um, they're mostly all in stasis for the, for the time, but there's 60,000 people on the ship, but 13 are awake at one time to keep an eye on the spaceship. Okay. They're all in their 70s, so what could possibly go wrong? That's fantastic. Now, have you always been a writer? I have not. Um, I got into writing by accident. How did you get involved in today's event? Today's event is, uh, now I've seen you here before, yes. but how did you get originally involved or invited to be a part of this? So maybe another author could be a part of this in the future. Well, actually, uh, the way it happened is that one of the organizers of this event, Larry Garnett, was one of the co-authors of um, Old Farts in Space. So he said, hey, we need to go to this. So the last time, the two years ago, we brought the book out for the first time, and then this time I was invited back. So, here. so if they're not here at the Authors and Artists event, how can they get a copy of your book? They can get the book on Amazon. Uh, it's available both as a purchase on Amazon or through the Kindle Lending Library. So what's next for you, Stephen? Uh, I'm currently writing another book. It's titled The Elohim. Uh, the basic premise of that book is that there's a sentient AI uh, that believes itself to be the angel of God. So a sci-fi? Yes, absolutely. And uh, this uh, very bad thing for the human race. <laughs> It's, it would sound like it. Now, you've got other books on the table as well. One looks to be like military fiction, maybe even a historical fiction. Uh, they're both alternative histories, uh, science fiction based. So it's time travelers going back in time. Uh, the first group goes into uh, a place in northern New Hampshire, uh, a little nation that once actually existed there called the Republic of Indian Stream. Um, and they take the place over and become an independent actor in the Civil War. The second one is called The uh, Maids of Chateau Vernet. As I mentioned, that was co-written with Katie Ray Sank. The basic premise there is that there's an Israeli soldier in the year 2035 who's sitting very close to a nuclear weapon when it goes off. Um, he wakes up, it's 1940, I'm sorry, yes, 1942. Um, and the... Um, once he figures out that he can't get back to his own time, he recalls from his family history that his great-great-grandmother is in a concentration camp in southern France. So he decides to go get her. Now, if you could go back in time, is there like an era of time that, if you could go back, like back to the future, you're Marty McFly, you're getting in the DeLorean, where would you go? I think I would do basically the same thing as I would go back to the period of the Civil War and try to correct many of the mistakes that were made by the Union generals during the war. But that could create like a butterfly effect where maybe worse things would happen. That's absolutely true. And in fact, the, the premise of the story is that there's a disease uh, in the future that wipes out most of humanity. The time travelers are coming back to stop that disease from occurring. It arose in a Civil War prison camp. And that's where they want to. And then mutated later to become very deadly. But they're trying to stop that disease. Very cool. So it's almost a little bit topical. Yes, yes. Uh, this was written well before the pandemic occurred, but uh, you can see the parallels there. It's funny, in, in my book, uh, the, not to give anything away, but there is kind of a, a theme that's very COVID-related that I had no idea when I wrote it. It just ended up kind of fitting its way. It's almost cultural zeitgeist, like we're anticipating these things are going to happen, and there we are. Hey, Stephen, I appreciate you taking five minutes to talk with me today, and a lot of success to you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. All right, we're back with the Mouthful of Graffiti podcast, and I'm sitting here with D.A. Jennings. 
and she's got some children's books. The Tapping Stick is a brand new book that came out this year, and it was inspired during the pandemic. It was on the Emily Bayless Graham Trail by the festival, and I was out there with my grandson, who was two years old at the time, and he wanted to play the chimes with the, the hammer. But because it was the pandemic, I said, please don't use the hammer, get a stick. So he picked up a stick and he went up and down the chimes having a great time. And I really thought that he would drop the stick after that, but he didn't. He kept it for the whole loop of the trail and he tapped on tree trunks and rocks and the ground. And as I watched this little guy running around with a stick, I thought, wow, what would other kids do with a tapping stick? And so that was the seed for the book. So I researched different trees and what their wood is used for, and that's how I developed the body of my book. So it's all these children celebrating trees and using their imaginations. At the end of the book, the little boy is planting a tree for future generations. And then we have a list of observances for trees that parents can adhere to if they want certain days to celebrate. And then there are also blank pages at the end where they can record planting their tree, they can record drawing pictures as the tree grows, or their family can take pictures and put it in the book. And so it's kind of a legacy of what they've done for future generations that may not have even been born yet. So this is kind of an interactive experience. It's not just a book. Yes, and that was the whole intent of it, because you want to get people energized, and right now the environment is being neglected. And we want to make sure that children understand that nature should not be taken for granted. And even at a young age, they can make a difference. Now, does your boy enjoy going on? There's all kinds of trails in Hartford County. Oh, he enjoys everything outdoors. And we actually have a bug collection. And anytime we find a dead bug, we have to collect them. And he goes in a little box with cotton. And we just talk about the bugs and how important they are and how beautiful they are and intricately made, but we never collect anything that's live. It has to be dead. Well, they're very fascinating bugs. Um, now, the book, the illustration is very cool. Obviously, that's your son as the, as the main character there. My grandson. Your grandson. Yes. And who's doing the artwork for this book? This particular book was done by an artist up in New York City, Dan Kane. This is his first children's book, and it was really nice to work with him on this book. And we interacted back and forth quite a bit. Now, this isn't your only book. Actually, when I first got here today, I stopped by your table. I was really impressed by the, the hard copy version of these books, but you also have other books. What are those other books? Well, the other two books that are not children's books are my first books. One is a sports trivia book that includes 68 American athletes that are superior in their area, but they've all had to go through quite difficult obstacles to get at the top of their game. And so what I did is I wrote verse about these different athletes and I left out their name and I left out their sport. And what happens is the reader has to determine who the athlete is and their sport in the event based on their knowledge of the trivia. And for those who want to check to make sure they're right, there's a complete answer key in the back of the book. Very cool. So these are all books with a purpose. How long have you been writing books? I've been writing books now for about seven years. This is what I took up after I retired, 
and I love it. And every book that I have has to have a purpose with it. Of course, I want people to be entertained, but I want them to be changed just a little bit from reading it. So that, that kind of goes back to the old Saturday morning cartoons where there was always a lesson at the end. It was like G.I. Joe or the Transformers. There was still like that lesson. That is correct. But the key is not to make it seem like a lesson, to have it just organically grow in the book so children are so busy having fun reading it that they don't really understand that they're actually learning at the same time. So what is next for you? Well, I have two books that are trilogies. The Kip book, the first one is Seize the Cheese. The one that came out the same year as The Tapping Stick is Cheese, Yes, Please. And then the final book in the trilogy is going to be Share the Cheese. Coming out next year, I have the sequel to Mia, Ripples in the Water, where Mia goes on another adventure, but she doesn't wind up going where she thinks she's going because, as we all know, life happens. And I've already got another book in the works. It's going to be a kind of a coming of age for a little bit older audience of young boys, probably late middle school, early high school. One of the things I was actually going to bring up about that is, like, I write uh, kind of like more full-length novels, but to tell an entire story in such a short form has got to be a little bit tricky in and of itself because you can't, you have to keep it, you have to keep it short. Yes, you have to. Sometimes you have to be very concise. People who are wanting to write sometimes, because I teach writing, I recommend to them that they may consider starting off with short stories. Don't try to write that master novel right out of the chute, but let them hone their skills a little bit. Let them find out what they're interested in, because some people will think that they're interested in writing one genre, but when they get into it, it's really not them. Short stories, poetry gives you a chance to sharpen up those skills. Yeah, I, I kind of came out of the gate a little bit strong and it was extremely daunting and overwhelming, so I should probably go on with that approach. So is, is this your first Artists and Authors event? No, I've attended Authors and Artists events for several years now, which I enjoy. I do a lot of other um, events around the community, but one thing I really enjoy is when I do the readings of my books to the children. Uh, just last week I did eight readings uh, at various elementary schools and middle schools. Uh, some of them were online and the others were in in person. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you taking a couple minutes to sit down and talk with me. The books are fantastic. Again, it's The Tapping Stick is the new one. You've got the trilogy of books. Uh, where can they find these books outside of these types of events? Okay. Well, you can always go to my website, dajennings.com, or you can go to Barnes & Noble, and I believe Barnes & Noble offers free shipping, or you can go to Amazon. And you did a pretty good job today? We did very well. And again, this is D.A. Jennings and The Tapping Stick. All right, we're back, and I'm here with Robert Brumall. I got it right this time, right? Yep. And you've got four books here on your table. We've got The Red King, Death's Head, Death and Glory, A Case of Murder Drum. Tell me about these books. Well, the first three are a trilogy that takes place during the crusade of Richard the Lionheart. And Murdrum is a standalone murder mystery that takes place uh, 40 years after the Norman conquest of England. So that, this is heavy material, and these are long books. How long did it take you to write each of these books? Um, Des had, I was working full time at the time, so that it actually it took like five years, but if I did, it would have taken maybe two and a half. The other two took a little over a year, the other three. 
Are you doing all of the editing and the formatting and everything that goes with it as well? Yes. You are. You are. Yeah. And how about who's doing this? This this artwork is extremely professional. Um, there's a guy in England that does it for me. He has his own company. How did you make that connection? Um, just on the internet. I looked up, you know, people that do uh, book covers, and I saw his stuff, and I liked it. And yeah, it looks extremely professional. I, now, when I first looked at it, I thought pirates right off the bat. Do you get that? Uh, yeah, I can see, especially with the uh, the type that he uses on that. Yeah, it does kind of look like a pirate. How long have you been writing books? Have you always wanted to be an author? When did this all start? No, I wanted to be a writer since I was a kid. And I started, um, I actually started when I got out of the Army long time, long time ago. And um, it took a while before I got published. So you are a published author. Now, who, who is your publisher? These are self-published. I was published before by Fawcett and Harper, and books went out of print. I got the rights back, and then I just put them up myself. What do you think about the print-on-demand? The, it's through KDP, correct? Yeah. Um, it's okay. You're not going to make as much, maybe as much as you would from traditional publishing, but then your books are, like, always in print. You know, so I'm still getting money on stuff I did 20, 25 years ago. We talked when you first got here that they are now offering a hard copy version of the the, the KDP. Are you going to go that road with these books? Uh, I'm not sure. It really depends. It depends on how much extra I have to pay for the cover. Right. Um, the For the, the rest of it, they do themselves. I might do it. It's just kind of, you know, I'm not sure how much you, it's really going to be worth it. These book covers, like I said in the beginning, are extremely professional. They're very good. As a marketing idea, have you ever considered taking the artwork and turning them into puzzles? Uh, no, no, never crossed my mind. You should consider that. So what's next for you? What's the next book that you're going to tackle? Uh, there's a sequel to Merdrum. It's called The Castle, which that'll be out next year. And I got that completely wrong. I said murdered them. <laughs> well. <laughs> so say it one more time for the listeners. Murdrum. It's a Latin word. means secret. My brain looks at it and all I see is red rum. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's where the word murder comes from. Okay. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you taking a couple minutes to talk with me today. Sure. I hope you get all the sales. Uh, have you done pretty well so far? Fairly well, yeah. How many books have you unloaded today? Um, I'm not sure, actually. Not as many as I would have liked, but better than last year. We would always say that as authors, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of the day, and uh, thanks for talking with me. Well, thanks for asking. All right, we are back on the Mouthful of Graffiti podcast, and I'm sitting down with Stephanie Guzman. Did I say that correct? Guzman. We even talked about it, and I got it wrong. That's terrible. It was close. Okay, fair enough. So your books, uh, this is not your first authors and artists event, correct? No, I've been here. I was actually here at the first one that we ever had. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. That, that's got to be going back because it was seven, eight years ago, right? Right. It was a while ago. I mean, mm, be 14? I don't know. It, it was a long time ago. I think I met you in 2019. Yes, that was when I met you. It was in 2019. So your books are uh, The Adventures of Oliver the Clownfish, correct? 
Yes, so there's three books in the Adventures of Oliver the Clownfish series. Okay. So it's a series of books where I'm trying to teach kids how to deal with difficult situations that kind of come up in life and in school. So there's, there's a message in the book, so there's a, a, a lesson to be learned. Right. In each book, there is a lesson to be learned, and it's not necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, very much like right out there. I'm not like in your face with the lesson. It's just kind of implied throughout the entire story. And we were talking pre-podcast, but you actually started in 2002. You've got three books in this series. You've got uh, Invitation Slip Up. You've got Acting Cool and Sticky Fins. What was the impetus for wanting to write these books? Well, I will tell you, it started many, many years ago, and I was, you know, a child of divorce. And my dad lived in New York City, and the only thing that kept me calm at night, because I went from, you know, the Royal Maryland area to New York, was looking into the fish tank at night. There was lots of sirens and police cars and all of that going on. So that was kind of like where I just found myself being, wanting to be in that underwater environment. So that's kind of what started it, even with wanting to have, like, characters that were underwater. And um, one of my favorite shows is a kid was Snorks, you know, the underwater series. And um, Love Snorks. <laughs> so that's kind of where, where it all got started. My dad had a company called selfpublishing.com where he was trying to help people who are interested in publishing their own books be able to do it, and he had never done a children's book series before. So that's where I came in and said, well, guess what? I got a story to tell because I was a second grade teacher for seven years. And um, that was kind of just getting the ideas for even that first book of invitation slip up. So it was actually an experience that happened to me when I was younger in life. So I tell kids all the time, like, you can really write things from your experience. And I was curious about that. Like, obviously, these are fish characters, but do you base any of these characters on, like, real people? Um, I will tell you that for the most part, Oliver is sometimes me. That's usually the character in the story, right? But then all of the other characters may be people who are like friends at the time or even just taking on that situation or that position, but not necessarily always a specific person that I have in mind with the characters. I think as authors, we have a tendency to kind of write what we know and we put ourselves in that character, the main character, no matter what we do. It's just part of what we do. No, I agree. That is definitely what we do. And trying to just think about an experience, what would the character be experiencing in order to kind of get a really good, um, you know, personation of what the character really is. So you can give that to your audience. So you're obviously dressed today to, to kind of coincide with the books. You got the, the orange and white striped shirt. Who's doing the illustrations, the, the colorful pictures that we do see in these books? Sure. No, I actually had three different illustrators. So my first illustrator, P.S. Babu, he was from India, and we lost him in the first tsunami that we had. So we had lost contact with him, never heard from him again, so we had to move on to somebody else. So we went with a company called Thompson Digital, and then I asked them um, who to put on the name, like as far as like who was the one who did the illustrations, and they're like, oh no, you, you know, you can't do that. You have to like use our company. So I was like, I'm not really doing that. So I came up with just TD. TD, Thompson Digital. So then I got even smarter then with the third book. And with the third book, I used an art student from Towson University at the time. So she did the illustrations for me. And my daughter, who's now 13, she's very much into illustrating and very much into drawing. So I think she's going to help me out with the fourth book. That would be very cool. I would think it would be almost a little bit, I guess, difficult to, to recreate another artist's 
So do all the books have like a very similar look to them or is there that artistic liberty that you allow these different authors or artists to take? Well, I guess that would be the downfall of having a book that's in a series because they do all kind of have the same background to them, having the real life or the real life photograph. And then on top of that is the illustrations and that really kind of makes the illustrations pop, especially for those younger kids. I never thought about getting to like, you know, kids that are zero, one, two, three, but they're really attracted to the colorful pictures on the page. Well, you did very well today. We talked a little bit pre-podcast. How many books did you unload today? Oh, I ended up selling 24 books today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- these events are awesome. Uh, I, for anybody who's never attended, I, I was making the joke that it's like the Scholastic Book Fair for adults. <laughs> yes, I agree. It really is. Well, I appreciate you taking a couple minutes to sit down and talk with me. Uh, we will get this onto the Mouthful Graffiti Podcast and help promote the books. Where can they find the books outside of the Authors and Artists event? Okay, well, you can find the books on Amazon.com, but then you can also um, get with me through my Facebook page. So that's Facebook backslash The Adventures of Oliver the Clownfish. Are the hard copies available through Amazon as well? Yes, they are. All right, well, thank you for sitting down with me, Stephanie Guzman. You are very welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, great. 